This talk was recorded at Against the Stream Buddhist Meditation Society in Los Angeles and is freely offered for your enjoyment. What tends to happen when we experience a um, some, time, some type of sensory input, whether a smell, a sound, a thought, in Buddhism, thinking is considered one of the senses. So there are six senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, sound, and thought. When we have an experience, we sen- when we experience a, a sensory input, there's an immediate um, reaction, or there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a sensation of it's pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. It's just, it's just across the board, and we're not even conscious of it 99% of the time. It's just unpleasant, pleasant, or neutral. Um, and what happens is we tend to react to it without thinking. It's just an autopilot reaction. Um, something, you know, somebody cuts us off, we flip them off. That's just a reaction. There's some fear. Oh, scary. Ah, yell, scream. Um, uh, we hear something. We hear music we don't like. Or we hear, we're driving along and we hear music on the radio. We're like, oh, I love it and turn it up. Um, or the opposite is true. It's like, eh, that or you know we see somebody that reminds us of someone or we smell something so there's all these autopilot responses that happen when we're not paying and we're not paying attention they just happen and a lot of times most of the time they're old habitual patterns of reacting that we're not aware of you know if it's blue then I hate it if it's red then I love it and I don't even think about if it's actually true it just is an autopilot response. The example that I often give is um, is about the air conditioning in this room, which some of you who've been here may know that our heater and our air conditioner really loud. It's like Bleh. if I'm talking and it comes on, I have to yell. But what happens? The AC kind of comes and blows right here, and so I get it, I get really cold. And um, I'll be teaching on an, an evening in the summer, and we have the AC on because it's really warm out. And I'll be cool, and I'll hear it, it goes click, click, and then it starts. And I'll hear the click, click, and I'll immediately go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I have had the experience where I've been teaching, I've been actually leading a meditation. Everybody's in the room, you know, breathing in, breathing out, and I'm like, breathe in out let go I hear click click and in my mind I'm like god damn it I hate that immediate response of I can't stand that I hate the AC I'm cold blah 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 and I'm doing that in my head as I'm saying come back to the present let go of your thoughts and so there's this did anybody else have a schizophrenic mind we do that so it's it's interesting to see how how we can do that and this one time I don't know, a few years ago, I was teaching. It was a Wednesday night, and the click, the AC, and I was having this ugh, running conversation in my head with the AC, as I'm telling you all to be at ease. And all of a sudden, I stopped and I went, maybe I should pay attention to what I'm saying in the meditation practice instructions. And I stopped and I went, well, actually, what's happening right now? And I stopped and I went. It's actually not that cold. It's really fine. It's actually fine. But the reaction was habitual 
reactive, click, click, hate. And it's like, it's actually not reality. So reality is over here and my, my reaction is over here. So instead of reacting, I respond. And my, my response is, there's a pause and then there's an appropriate response of like, oh, it's actually quite neutral. It's not unpleasant, it's not pleasant, it's neutral. Whereas my go-to was unpleasant, 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 when that actually wasn't my experience. So when we slow down in meditation, we begin to see that, oh, I'm just, uh. you know, we think about an argument we had yesterday and we immediately get pissed off again whatever it is and I'm going to next time I see and blah 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 and then what we the, the instruction is the invitation is come back and what's really happening it's like oh I feel so much shame you know and so the response is instead of reacting with anger towards that person or or whatever the what where we're caught up in is oh there's some sadness or some shame or some something. And so the response, instead of the reaction of anger, the response would be compassion for ourselves. So it might be a totally different response than our, than our, than our habitual reaction. So that's, that's actually um, that feeling tone of recognizing that feeling tone of pleasant and unpleasant, the pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral is the second foundation of mindfulness, Vedana. It's recognizing whether your experience is pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And we have to slow the mind down in order for that to happen. So you can begin to see what's, what's happening and why you're doing the things you're doing. You ever, you ever find yourself responding and like, why did I even say that? Why did I even do that? It's just deep, deep conditioning, which has its origins somewhere. And sometimes we don't know where those origins are, but there they are. I think I talked about this last week a little bit, those deep historical origins. And it's just, just show up. Mm-hmm. They just show up. And so we had to, in order to get towards that liberation, we have to pause so that we're not caught up in that cycle of reacting, 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 reacting. Because that's not wise. That's blind. That's walking around with blinders on. We don't see what we're doing. We're just reacting. So we have to stop, pause, and then respond. And that's where that moment of pause is where the freedom lies. Because then we can choose how to respond. When we're reacting, we can't choose. It's just this neural pathway that we, we march down. Thank you for the question. Any, any other questions or comments? Or... Yeah. Um, so I am a high school teacher. So as a result, I am tired pretty much all the time. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I find often when I meditate in the morning or the evening, mm. and kind of was just my experience now, is I have a tendency to kind of doze off. Um, other than get more sleep, what do you think is a good... <laughs> Buddhist response to kind of being with like that drowsiness. Mm. Yeah, I, I can relate. Anybody else? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a few people in here. Um, that's that's one of our what is it? That's the four letter word mm-hmm. of our of our culture right now. Busy. It's a new one. Um, I I you might try standing up. Because it can be difficult to fall asleep while you're standing. I'm sure I could do it, but um, it, you might try that. Um, again, it's short of getting more sleep. 
with your maybe if you start feeling yourself not off take some deep breaths I don't know if you've tried this breathe more deeply get some oxygen in or open your eyes not so that you're looking around but that you have with a soft focus in front of you but you get some light in and so that sometimes that that never works for me that never I'm, I, that never works for me but it does work for some people so try that you can do a walking meditation I don't know if you've ever done walking meditation so what you do is find a, a space a short um space and let's say from um, those chairs to like the end of this or shorter maybe the chairs to the end just a, a small space that you pace and you you start and then you walk to the end and then you stop and you turn around and you come back and it's a meditation you know the buddha said when you're walking when you're sitting when you're standing when you're laying down know when you're doing that and so when walking meditation is is just as valid it's not there's no hierarchy of meditation well sitting is like the best and if you're sitting on a cushion it's better than sitting on a chair which is better than walking which is better than standing and oh don't ever lie down because that's cheating you know it's no there's no actually what we're learning is that we're learning to have a continuity of mindfulness so that whatever you're doing you're aware when you're eating when you're brushing try being mindful when you brush your teeth it's not easy. You're, that's the perfect time to daydream. So bring some awareness to that. So try a walking meditation if it's really challenging. If you're not just sleeping because you're distracting yourself from, from what you're feeling, which is one of the hindrances. The five hindrances are aversion and, and, and craving where we hate it or we want it. Um, restlessness where it's like... Blah, 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 or drowsiness. So the drowsiness of of escape rather than the drowsiness of just, man, I am exhausted. So there's a difference there. But it sounds like yours is the I am exhausted kind of drowsiness. So try some walking meditation. And try bringing that mindfulness into um, a, a, a more of a continuum in what you're doing. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so at times there's, we all get to this point where you feel stuck mm -hmm. and you're not able to move forward mm -hmm. um, in using the reacting and respond, responding um, teaching that, that we're doing today. I wonder how you could kind of integrate that in during the times that we're feeling stuck and we can't get out. So when you say you're feeling stuck, is it just like when you say, so, so give me a little bit more information on why you um, feel you're stuck. So let's say, for example, feeling stuck um, at work, right? Mm -hmm. You're feeling stuck and you want to get out. You don't want to do this thing. Mm. But you have to. Mm -hmm. you, you carry a lot of responsibility. Mm. You have to stay there. Um, I know that the, the feeling of feeling stuck is reactionary, mm -hmm. and I wonder how to respond to that. Mm. That's interesting. Thank you. Um, so it's not just in meditation; it's just a, a general kind of like, oh, I'm stuck. Um, so that you could be stuck and feeling tired. Yeah. Yeah, just like this. So I think that's, um, that's not always reactionary. 
Hi, you're welcome to have a seat. Oh, um, yeah, it's upstairs. Go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, it's um, being stuck in, it's like, it's not necessarily always a reactive response. It may be an awareness that what's happening is not really, um, is not, um, is un- more unpleasant. It's, you know, it's unpleasant. I imagine, to me, stuck equates to unpleasant. Usually, I wouldn't say I'm stuck in a pleasant reaction um, or response. Um, so, I, for me, when I'm in those places, I want to bring some investigation is what is underneath this? You know, it's, it's really like, okay, let me sit with this sensation of being stuck. What does that actually mean? What are the components of that? You know, so there's some investigation. What does that feel like in my gut? I don't know if you've ever tried sitting with the feeling of being stuck. Does it, ha- does it, does it land in your body anywhere? You know, is it in your chest, your belly, your jaw, your, your hands, your, your tricep? Where is it? Can you experience it physically? This is what we what we have a tendency to do is try and figure things out. It's like, oh, this is this is unpleasant. I'm not crazy about this. I got to figure this out. And the mind is in a rut, and th- and that's where the reactivity comes in. We think the same way. We have a limited number of thought patterns because we can't know what we don't know. So we're going to go down those same pathways. And um, so what we want to do is get out of the thinking mind and drop into the body. Get out of the thinking mind and drop into the sensation because so much information is in our bodies, but we don't, we're disconnected from them. So we want to reconnect to the physical experience. Is that what's, what's, what is stuck? What, okay, where is it? What is it? And sometimes when we give it, an opportunity to be there because if there's those sensations of stuck, it's like, ugh, ugh, aversion. I don't want to feel stuck. I want to fix it so I don't feel it anymore. But instead, we turn towards, and this is when, what I'm pointing to when we say we allow whatever's there to be there. So you say, hello, stuck, <laughs> feeling of being stuck, whatever that is, and you experience it and you, and you let go of pushing it away. And you sit with it, and you let it be, and, and perhaps bring some light to it, recogni- recognizing that it's not fun to have that experience, and so can you be kind to yourself in that? And sometimes when you make space, many times when you make space for these experiences, something else bubbles up. You know, that might point to something else that's going on. And it's not something that you can figure out. It's something that has to just kind of show up. That's what the, we see clearly. This, this meditation we're doing is called insight meditation, which is a common translation of the Pali word, the word that the Buddha used, vipassana, which means clear seeing. So we see clearly. And the, one of the first foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha's teaching on um, meditation is body awareness really connecting with the physical experience of what's happening because we're so disconnected as I mentioned you know so often we don't know what's going on we 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 come home my husband is 
notorious for this. He works with his hands. He's, he's a technician and, and stuff. And he'll have a big bloody gash on his arm. And I'll go, what happened? He goes, I have no idea. Because mm-hmm. he's so disconnected. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no, we want to reconnect. Because our emotions are alive in our bodies. Our feelings are alive in our bodies. And we want to be able to experience them. Because that's what's driving our reaction. And if we experience them, then we can respond. Um, I've used this, uh, I've used these examples a few times, but when emotions arise, this is the third foundation of mindfulness, so this is a talk on the four foundations apparently. When, in the third foundation, when feelings arise, we want, the Buddha says, no. When there's greed, no, there's greed. When there's sadness, no, there's sadness. When there's joy, when there's happiness, know it. Because a lot of, we have, um, because of our conditioning, we have a list of feelings that are acceptable and unacceptable. Some of us were taught it's not okay to be angry, it's not okay to be X, Y, or Z, it's not okay. We have our family of origin, our culture, we get so many messages depending on who we are, what we look like, our experiences, we're taught many things, and we want to disentangle those, those messages so we can actually connect with the reality of our experience. So if anger comes up, so many of us are told, no, 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 no. Not okay to be angry. It's like, okay, stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down, and it shows up over here, it shows up over there. So what this teaching is, is like, oh no, no, when there's anger, no, there's anger. Where is it? What does it feel like? Oh, it's in my belly. For me, it was in my chest. It's been, it was hanging out for a long time I'm not, I don't generally experience anger, but me too. And this anger just showed up. And I'm like, wow, look at this anger. And it just kind of moved into my chest and hung out there for a while. I'm like, wow, look at this. So I could recognize it and see it was there. So when it, if it shows up without me knowing it, I'm walking around telling everybody to fuck the hell off. Just fuck, just shut the fuck. When I am aware of it, I'm like, oh, look at this anger and look at this this wanting to tell everybody to fuck off. Maybe that's not the appropriate response. (laughs) So I need to just recognize the anger, see it's there, and not react, but respond. And come come from a different place. Does that make sense? Yes. Great. Thank you. So that's, that's really, that's where the freedom is. That's what the Buddha teaches. The Buddha teaches the nature of suffering and the end of suffering. Where our suffering is generated, where our dissatisfaction is generated. Um, it's this, this wanting it to be good all the time, wanting pleasant sensations all the time, which is impossible. It's absolutely impossible to live a life that's 100% yay, it's impossible. So we have to acknowledge and let go of that craving for pleasant and acknowledge that there's unpleasant and be able to be equanimous, be in balance with the unpleasant as well as the pleasant. So when we're aware of the pleasant and the unpleasant, that's the the start to our freedom from reactivity and freedom to respond. So I'm no, no longer trapped by my conditioning. I have some freedom to respond differently. Re- freedom to respond in a way that says, 
you know, right now it's like this. This is really unpleasant. There's some unpleasant emotions. There's some unpleasant feelings. And how do I show up with them? How do I hold them? Can I not let them bowl me over? You know? And again, it's all our, it's our conditioning. We all have to navigate this. We all have to make our way with this. There's this tremendous framework that the Buddha has provided, and then we can all find our own way inside of it, depending on our own experiences and what, where our suffering comes from and what our, our conditioning is, and move in the path, this lovely framework that encompasses everyone, and move inside of that framework towards freedom, away from suffering and towards liberation. It's quite powerful. It's really quite, quite um, transformative. But we have to be willing to stay. We have to be willing to be with the unpleasant. We're so good at not. We are, are masters of distraction. Masters of distraction. And so part of when I was saying during the meditation instructions, find your story, our stories are what um, is, are how we distract ourselves. Our stories are how we find our way out of what's happening. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I have this challenge uh, only when I'm here, which mm. is interesting, um, of being cold or hot. Mm-hmm. So tonight I decided I'd get a blanket and cover my knees and then I won't be cold. <laughs> but then the hot comes in, mm-hmm. right? So I... my way of uh, responding to that is just to notice that it, where where it starts, mm-hmm. what it's doing, mm-hmm. you know, the damp, the dampness that I feel, and not to take off the blanket, and mm-hmm. not to take off the jacket, but just to feel where it is, and then notice when it goes away. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed when it was gone, I wasn't hot anymore, but I was still damp. Mm-hmm. And then, Later on, that away. So that so this is what I do each time I sit here. Mm-hmm. I have this to deal with, and then I find when I'm noticing that I'm also noticing other things that mm-hmm. are going on in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, the unpleasant arising of the ache in the hip, or the unpleasant arising of the ache in the chest, and just to notice that it's there mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, you're here now. <laughs> this is the way it is," mm-hmm. and then. Eventually, it all dissipates, and then I'm able to just sit with whatever is left. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. Yeah, great. Sounds like you're handling it really well. That you just like, okay, right now it's like this, and and that's a lovely lesson in impermanence. You know, it's a really lesson lesson in impermanence, and uh, and right now it's like this, and so different from aversion, like the um, the. Uh, I think it was Ajahn Sumedho, a monk in our tradition. I love this story where he's in Thailand at the monastery. And Thailand's like 100 degrees and 100% humidity. <laughs> and he was there and he was sitting and it was one of those moments when you said hot. It's reminded me of it. Um, he was sitting there going, I can't stand this, I can't stand this, I can't stand this, which is recognition of the experience and then aversion, 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 which intensifies the experience. I hate it, it's hot, and I hate it. The, the experience, unpleasant, and then the hate. 
doubles it. That's the second arrow that the Buddha talks about. And so he said, oh, wait a minute. And he came back, and the reality, when he came, let go of the aversion, the reality was, oh, I actually am standing it. You know, I haven't exploded or burst into flames. It's massively unpleasant, but I am standing it. You know, it's like, it's unpleasant, and this is the way it is. And we all have our own things that we deal with, the, the pains of the body and the drowsiness and the, the restlessness. And it's just like, this is, this is what's up. This is what's true. This is our experience. It's not wrong. We're not making mistakes. This is the way it is. Anything else? Well, I have a question where, in one of your previous sanghas, um, you talked about, like, one of the things that really helps me get through life is to be very accepting mm-hmm. of the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I may joke about it or whatever, but I'm very accepting. But then you talked about that being very accepting can be avoidance. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're talking about this aversion. So I wonder when I'm just like not into my aversion, I'm accepting, but when it's avoidance, that's kind of a difficult one. The age old question of, you know, what's the middle path? You know, am I. And I, and I really believe, it's like, am I, am I avoiding? Am I fooling myself? Is this really equanimity? We all go through that questioning experience of what is this? It's because we, it's a lot of times so new, this, this being with our experience, it's like treading new ground. What does it feel like? How, how do we show up? And so... Um, at, at, at some point, you'll be able to trust your experience and have a sense of like, oh, this is, um, I'm avoiding this. I really need to bring myself back into turning towards. And other times, yeah, it, you, sometimes we need um, some perspective from another person. We don't do this alone, which is why community is so important because we, we sometimes can't see the water we're swimming in. So we need someone to say, no, you're right on track or... You're totally in left field. Really, you need to maybe look at this, maybe look at it this way. And so having, there's a, in Zen, they talk about don't know mind. You know, um, there's the book Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. When we know everything, that doesn't leave any room for reality because we have all the answers. So if we say, what is this, what is this, what is this, and deal with what's here, then sometimes we're able to get out of the, um, the the figuring out and there in the in, when I talk about the wise effort, which is one of the factors of the eightfold path, which is the Buddha's teaching on liberation, this path of how to be in the world that leads towards freedom. Um, wise effort. There's four efforts. Cheryl Sleen's starting a class on Monday on the four great efforts. Anyway, plug. Um, there there's the effort to. Um, you know how much they say how much is just how much is the right amount of effort and the answer is just enough you know that's how much is the right amount just enough and i always say we have a sense that i mean if you're really honest and you're really willing to be true you know when you're slacking off 
And you know when you're striving too much. You're either a striver or a slacker. I think we kind of, you know, we go in one, we tend in one direction or another. So we tend, you know, we'll strive until we collapse or we just go, ah, I mean, I deserve a day off. It's self-care. You know, and it's true, but it's like, you can go a little bit to one side or the other. So to really recognize when you're going down that path and when you're not. And so... When we get to a point with enough experience, with enough input from other people, we can tell it's like, oh, I'm veering up. I'm in spiritual bypass. I'm, I'm accepting because it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's like, no, it actually sucks. And I don't want to hear about I don't want to face it because, you know, it's all good. I'm supposed to accept. You know, it's not that what Kevin Children talks about idiot compassion. It's not idiot acceptance. It's like, whatever it is. It's like, it's not that at all. It's about... This is happening, and it's difficult, and it's hard, or and it's joyful, and it's wonderful. And then the voice goes, you shouldn't be. You know, there are people suffering. You shouldn't have happiness. This the critical mind is so amazing, and it's just recognize, let go, let go, let go, let go, and be with the experience of joy, happiness, tranquility. Tranquility is one of the seven factors of awakening. When we're tranquil, when we have that ease in spite of, in spite of what's happening, we're at ease. It's really powerful. You know, because there's a lot of shit going on in the world. There's a lot of shit going on in the world right now that we need to look at and we need to do something about. And we accept it's happening because it's happening. It doesn't mean we like it. But we say, okay, this is happening right now. Can I do something about it? You know, then there's the, the next thing. There's the next level of... Um, of happening. I know, did that? Did that? Okay, good. Because that gives me a segue into what I was going to talk about if I didn't talk about feeling tone. Because I couldn't. I've been wanting to talk about feeling tone for a while, but I have this other stuff that's up, and it kind of always. I think it comes when we talk about acceptance. I think it, it's a good segue into that because, again, there's that sense of um, acceptance. And, well, it's just the way it is, and so we have to accept it. And then you get into <coughs> the idea of Buddhism being doormatism, meaning we're just a doormat to accept whatever's happening, which is absolutely not what the situation is. It's not about being a doormat. It's about saying, okay, right now it's like this, and what's the appropriate response? What's the appropriate response? And the Buddha talked about suffering, and he talked about um, uh, greed, hatred, and delusion, and how greed, hatred, and delusion are the the you know the genesis of so much of our suffering in this world. Wanting pleasant, not wanting difficult, and just totally being out of it, so that you're ignorant and you're not you're you're it's all good, it's all good, deluded. Um, that is what causes so much suffering, and it's rampant in our world. It's absolutely rampant. And we don't just sit there and go, that's too bad. The Buddha said, recognize this, and when you see suffering, work to end it. Work to do something about it. What can you do about it? We work to end suffering. Bhikkhu Bodhi, who's a monk in our tradition, a very wise man, he's done a lot of translation of the Buddhist teachings. He is a vehement supporter of this get off your ass. Get off your ass. 
When you see injustice, do something about it. Do something about it. Um, Larry Yang, who's a teacher up at, um, he's a teacher at the East Bay Meditation Center, and he's a teacher out in the desert. He has a new book out called Awakening Together, the Spiritual Practice of Inclusivity and Community. And I was looking at this one piece that he has, and he talks about the integrity, and I love integrity, and the Buddha's teachings are full of integrity. The Eightfold Path is about integrity. The precepts are about integrity. How do you live in this world uh, without causing harm? And by how do you live in this world and end injustice and end suffering? And I've talked about this a lot lately. I've kind of been on this topic, but it seems to be up. And he talks about, um, you know, we have to be accountable. And integrity is really huge. And, and he talks about the integrity of mindfulness. The integrity of mindfulness requires we be of benefit to our collective humanness, not simply to our personal being. We do this practice for the benefit of all beings, not just ourselves. Yes, we get some ease, we have some liberation, but it's about liberating all beings, not just saying, yay, and you're on your own. But um, how do we benefit all beings? You know, integrity is doing the wise and compassionate action when no one agrees with us. It's in walking our highest path, even if it's painful and arduous and long. Integrity is acting on behalf of others when we do not have to because we have some benefit, privilege, power, or entitlement that protects us. And we have to investigate things. What's our privilege? What's our power? I'm a cisgen white woman. I have a lot of privilege. And being a woman, I have... You know, I suffer from or I experience um, discrimination because of that. So there's a lot of inter, uh, intersectionality, and we have to really pay attention to this stuff. Integrity is, integrity is standing actively, not bystanding, in solidarity with those whose voices and abilities have less volume or impact than yours. It's being kind when everyone and everything around you is not kind. Is loving when you yourself do not feel loved. Integrity is having ethics in unethical and amoral times. <laughs> having a moral compass when others around you do not have a clue to what that means and or disparage the very intentions of ethical behavior. Integrity is placing a higher value on the greater good of all rather than the gain of an individual or selected individual groups. And it's holding to these principles even when there is an infinite number of distractions, seductions, and judgments that seek to weaken or obliterate those principles. This is, this is really important, and this is what Bhikkhu Bodhi's talking about, this is what Larry Yang's talking about, this is what I have found in the teachings, and this is what is a bedrock of these teachings. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a place that I've landed. The teachings are so strong when it talks about integrity and how to show up with kindness and compassion for all beings, all beings that it's important, and um, I'm actually going to Sacramento tomorrow night. I'm going to be part of a group that goes to the Capitol on Monday morning to talk about this. And it's, I don't know if some of you, it's, and it's not a political thing. It's not Republican, and it's not Democrat. It's like saying, yo, moral compass, broken, need to fix it. We need to start paying attention to people. We need to start paying attention to our communities. 
You need to stay, pay attention to the, 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 uh, uh, the suffering that's happening, you know. And I, I, had, I have to give a two-and-a-half-minute speech. Um, and so I talked about the precepts that the Buddha talks about. You know, don't kill, but not just not killing, cultivating kindness and compassion. And when we see injustice, end this injustice, you know. Or, um, you know, we're, well, here's what I wrote. Okay, it's all about me now. I look around and I see a community adrift in a country with no moral compass. Do we treat everyone with kindness and compassion? Not when DACA recipients are treated like bargaining chips and families are ripped apart. Where's the compassion in that? Are we telling the truth? There's a precept. Don't um, commit, don't, don't, uh, be honest and wise with your speech. No? Wait a minute. Yeah, be honest and wise with your speech. You know, are we telling the truth? Not when racist voter suppression laws masquerade as fixing a fraud that does not exist. Not when the war economy supports a myth and engenders unnecessary fear. Where is the truth? This sounds political, and it may be, but I also think it's a place of reality. It's not, it's not left, it's not right. It's pay attention to where the suffering is coming from. Where is the suffering generated? It's this greed, it's this hatred, it's this delusion, it's this untruth. So the precept of being wise with our speech behooves us to speak, behooves us to talk to, speak truth, even when no one else is talking it, as as Larry said. (coughs) And then generosity. Do not take what's not freely offered is the precept, (coughs) but the the complementary piece of that is to cultivate generosity. <coughs> our, is our country generous? When, when 40%, 40 million people live below the poverty line and three individuals have more wealth than half the population, where's the generosity in that? So these are questions. So this is what I'm going to Washington, uh, Washington, no, I'm going to Sacramento on Monday morning to be with another group of people with William Barber, who's this amazing uh, person from, uh, who's, got, who's this guy who's been doing Moral Mondays, and he's, he's resurrecting Martin Luther King's Poor People's Campaign, and so it's the Poor People's Campaign, and there's people in 25 state capitals around the country saying these same things and saying, yo, wake the fuck up. I'm sure that's not what they're going to say. <laughs> but that's the sentiment. It's like, it's stop with the partisan crap. And let's take care of people. And this, these teachings of Buddhism, this integrity supports this. This is, this, is, this is how I feel really strongly about this. Bhikkhu Bodhi feels really strongly about this. People who I really... Um, admire and who have great wisdom and great compassion and great kindness talk about this. Larry, I just read that to you in his book. Bhikkhu Bodhi's got some amazing writings on this. And so this is what we reflect on. It's not about us, but how can we take it out? This is where you step out of being a doormat and say, this is the way it is. Here are the facts. This is not okay. It's causing suffering. It's causing harm. How do we end that harm? How do we end that suffering? So that's the integrity. That's what the integrity calls for. That's what the integrity asks us to do. And we all do it in our own ways. We all do it. We have to find our own way with it. 
You know, we have to, we, we all can't be, you know, it's not a, all things for all people. We have to, how do, how do we show up? How do we show up with these, these precepts of in, and this way of living with integrity? So that's our own investigation for us to find our own way with it. What, what's true for us? How, you know, and some of us can just, you know, send an email or not say something on Facebook. <coughs> because we all start somewhere and you have to start where you are. You can't start over here if you're not over there. You have to start here and what's true for you. So we have to be kind to ourselves too. I was in, I heard Joseph Goldstein, who's a, a teacher in our tradition, say once, there's no hierarchy of compassion. You know, like I was joking earlier about if you sit on a cushion, you're better than if you sit on a chair, then you're better if you walk. That's, it's not. Is your heart compassionate? That's really the bottom line. And it looks different for each of us. And we can't judge each other. It's really important to find our way with this. So are there any questions or comments or thoughts about that? I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this stuff. Yeah. I find I'm, I'm a bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I <coughs> show up for various things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the greed and injustice, it just, I just feel like... It's too much, you know, and uh, I just I don't know how to like dial it down. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you that it's just too much and it's overwhelming and can I just put my head under the pillow and not get up because that's a that's a I get that. Anybody else ever feel that way? Yeah. Um, And so what I've learned is that you can't do it all. So find what resonates with you really because there's so much to choose from but there are certain things that resonate with some of us more than others like some people are really really um, um, devoted to problems of ecological devastation and the environment and that's it or or mass incarceration or systemic racism and LGBTQ um, uh, rights and there's a lot of different things to work with so Try and find what resonates. And I do that. I'm like, yeah, that's important, but I have no energy for that, too. Otherwise, you are like, and overwhelmed. And then the other thing is to recognize it's not going to end in our lifetime. We're not going to fix it today. And if I go into it thinking, i got to finish this off, you're, you, it's, I, more and more and more you do what you can. You do what you can, where you can. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and let go of the results. I mean, this is these are centuries. We're, we don't give up because it doesn't because we can't make it. We can't fix it. We keep doing it because it's what the appropriate response is to suffering. That's why we do these things, not because we're going to make it all rainbows and kittens. Although I do wear cat socks to try and bring that. No, um, it's not. All, it's all rainbows. It's not all rainbows and kittens. It's the reality of what is, and that's. It's coming to that place, and it's. Sometimes it feels like, oh, that's just bullshit, and I'm selling out. And it's like if you can make a difference, if you can do something, if you can have an intention to make a difference, whether you make a difference or not, that's what's important. And take care of yourself. Take a break. Retreat if you need to. That's not, you know, like, he's like, oh, I have people I know who 
got off Facebook and is like, well, then how will I know what's going on in the world? There are a lot of other ways to know what's going on in the world than just Facebook. Or tr- 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 I, would, I almost said <coughs> trigger when I meant Twitter, but it could be trigger. Um, Twitter. You know, they just take care of yourself. It's really important to take care of yourself. If you need to take a weekend off and turn off the news, you're not selling out. You need to retreat. You need that regeneration. It's really important. It's really important because then you'll come back. It's not that you're giving it up. You're just saying, I need to, I need to breathe here for a few moments. So, yeah, I hear you. It's, it can be, like, overwhelming. But it's like don't put the whole pie in your mouth all at once. 